0: This week on Inside Motorsport, we look back at the Dubai 24 hours with James Moffat. I hope you will stay with us. James Moffat joins me on the line and congratulations James, a podium in your first 24 hour event is a remarkable achievement.
1: Uh, thanks Craig, yeah, well look it was um, certainly a different experience for me and um, doing a 24 hour race is something that uh, I have definitely wanted to do for quite a long time now, so to finally get the chance to uh, to do one was fantastic. But uh, I've got to say, for me, coming from V8 Supercars, as you know, is, is very competitive and, you know, to consider that we uh, finished third in our class, um, but we were something like, I think, 70 or 80 laps down on the, on the class leader. So I think we only did about 20 hours of the actual 24-hour race. With, uh, we, we had a lot of problems throughout, throughout the evening, but the team did a great job to, um, to keep the car going and, and get it across the line at the end of the race. But uh, I must admit, it was a little bit of a, a weird feeling standing up on the podium um, in those circumstances.
0: Well, That Norton driving suit certainly stood out on the podium <laughs> from the shots I've seen.
1: Yeah, well, uh, those Norton Hornet driving suits certainly stand out uh, in any crowd, but... Um, yeah, they're, they're certainly loud, but, uh, yeah, that's all part of it, isn't it?
0: Compared to Bathurst, which is six hours, how did you have to change your mindset for a 24-hour race?
1: Yeah, well, that was probably one of the biggest things that uh, dawned on me when I got over there is, obviously, Bathurst is our longest race of the year. we um, the had supercars, and, and, you know, the 1,000 Ks is usually around six hours, depending on how many safety car periods we had throughout the race. And, um 24 hours is just such a long time of racing and uh, having gone through that now, um, it just felt like the race went on forever and ever. Um, And certainly one of the biggest challenges for me was um, driving at night for the first time and there were definitely some parts of the Dubai circuit that weren't very well lit up, uh, to say the least. So uh, that was extremely challenging and uh, I guess the other element, that we don't so much uh, see in at supercars anymore is just the, the huge diversity in speed of cars, you know. We had um outright G D three cars that um were about ten to twelve seconds quicker than the car that I was in and then uh you know the slower cars that were, you know, s- you know, significantly slower, sort of sometimes up to, you know, forty, fifty seconds slower than than the G D three cars. So, um from our position, uh, driving the, the Nissan 370Z, we were about in the middle of the speed bracket performance-wise, if you like. So uh, we we're obviously focusing on, on having to pass cars in traffic, but also having to look in the mirrors um, at the faster GT3 cars coming through. So um, that was especially, I guess, one element of, of the 24-hour racing that um, uh, I've never experienced. And uh, it was certainly challenging.
0: I guess the fact that you have troubles in a race that long, it's amazing how the team responds to what in most forms of racing would be a race-ending issue.
1: Yeah, exactly right. And um, fortunately for us, there were uh, quite a few other cars in our class that um, had more troubles than, say, we did throughout the race, which enabled um, us to finish third. And that was one thing that I was really impressed with, uh, the team that I was driving with over there. You know, they never gave up. Uh, We had a a lot of problems, like I mentioned, a blown gearbox, two blown diffs, an alternator problem. Um, So they were kept uh, really, really busy throughout the night. And uh, the way they just kept... I guess, that task. And, you know, every time the car came in with a problem, um, they, they got stuck right into it and uh, got us back out there. So um, from my point of view, that was uh, it was definitely impressive to see that, uh, you know, they, they definitely had the never-give-up attitude and, you know, it paid off for them in the end. The, the team um, had two cars on the podium and, you know, the other car won, won their class. So that was was a huge effort
0: now the winner of your class he uh, tested your v8 supercar last year
1: yeah well, lucas Aldernez, uh who was the lead driver of, of the car the, you know the second the other car in the team and uh he came out uh, to to drive uh my last year at, at winton and really enjoyed the experience but uh just a ripper guy uh he was the first um, winner of Nissan's GT Academy, which is, you know, the guys that sort of come come through the, the PlayStation gaming experience, if you like, and, and turn, um, I guess, gaming experience into reality. So, uh, it, it was a huge, huge moment for, uh, the, the GT Academy side of things because, uh, all the other guys in that car have come through the, the academy, so uh, a great story for them that uh, in, in really apart from Lucas, um, I believe it was their first. All the other drivers, it was their first international major endurance race. So uh, for them to stand on the top step of the podium uh, was fantastic for them. And and like I said, everybody um, involved in the GT Academy.
0: Darren Cox is Nissan's global motorsport manager, and he's always said he wanted to get the Australian drivers more integrated with their worldwide program.
1: Yeah, well, like you've sort of touched on there, Nissan have this sort of fantastic driver exchange program that they uh, they call. And uh, for me to benefit from that and be the first Aussie to... um, you know, uh, get a drive out of it was fantastic for me and uh, just happened to be obviously in a 24-hour race. So uh, uh, Rick Kelly is, in a couple of weeks, going to be competing in a GDR, um, after as part of exchange program as well. And, uh, you know, we've obviously seen that this one it, uh, came out last year to test the supercars. So... Um, from my point of view, it's a, it's a great thing, and uh, if it allows me some other opportunities to experience some of the bigger races around the world, um, then uh, that, that's fantastic.
0: So now do you have the taste for endurance racing, and what races would you like to do? What other races would you like to do?
1: Yeah, well, there's there's quite a few of those style of races, Craig, that I'd like to try and um, competing before uh before my career is over well uh, one is obviously Le Mans um, the other one would be the Spa 24 hour and also the Daytona 24 hour so um partly obviously because they they you know hugely big races and you know world renowned if you like but um probably the second part is they are all races that uh my dad throughout his career competed in at, at various stages so uh it would be nice just to uh to do it for that fact as well so um, yeah, you know, I've definitely got the bug now for 24-hour racing. Um, I, I definitely enjoyed the experience and um, the, the different challenges that it, it uh, presented itself, if you like, than what we're normally used to in V8 supercars, and um, hopefully I get the chance to do a bit more of it in the future.
0: How much of a difference is there between the V8 supercar and the SP2 car that you drove last week?
1: Oh, very, very different. You know, somebody asked me over there, to compare the both and uh, I answered their question by, by saying it probably wouldn't be fair to, to each car um, to compare them because they are vastly different the, the 370Z that I drove is uh, pretty much a production based car a lot of um, still production based components on the vehicle um, so it was very much standard with uh, very few minor modifications um, whereas a V8 supercar these days is a purebred racing car, um, especially underneath, um, you know, I guess whilst externally and cosmetically the cars are mirrored to try and look similar to their road going, um, brothers and sisters, if you like, uh, underneath there is, you know, nothing production based or, or stock standard about them. They are 100% pure race cars. So, uh, yeah, two very different cars, and I don't think it would be fair to uh, draw comparisons on them.
0: Well, the Bathurst 12 hours not far away. What are your chances of getting onto the grid this year?
1: Uh, nothing confirmed, unfortunately, at the moment. Um, still trying to uh, secure a drive, but uh, probably the reality is very slim chance, given that uh, the race is only a couple of weeks away. But um, certainly, I guess, uh, since the race has taken on a bit more of a GT3 presence and factor about it, um, it's a race that is very appealing. I've competed in the 12-hour a few times, but when it was uh, purely a production-based race. So uh, it would be great, hopefully, uh, one day to get up there in a, in a competitive GT3 car and, and try and go for an outright win. And uh, I, I don't think probably this year is going to be the year, but um, maybe 2015 we can get something together. But if there, is any, if there is anybody out there that has a car and they need a driver listening today, i'm your man
0: (laughs) james always a pleasure to catch up with you and look forward to seeing you at the sydney motorsport park test day next month
1: thanks very much cheers
0: that's all we have time for this week on inside motorsport till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now inside motorsport is produced by thunder media for the community radio network